0: All right, welcome back to Inside Flicks. This is our weekly discussion podcast. Uh, This is a podcast kind of dedicated to everything movies and television. This episode, we're going to be talking about movies and because this week kind of started uh, the, I guess, the festival circuit. You got Venice, Toronto. So you got some big name movies that most likely are going to appear as the front runner for award season. And so I just want to really quickly talk about Brendan Fraser's uh, uh, standing ovation in Venice, where he has a, a new movie with uh, Darren Arnowski. What's his last name? Darren? Arnowski. So I said it right? Darren Arnowski, who uh, it's called, uh, I forgot what it's called. The Whale. The Whale, that's whale. right. The Whale.
1: It's about a, a, a overweight recluse that's, uh, that's going to reconnect with his daughter after not, not seeing her after. Years, I guess, or decades. I'm right. not
0: sure. Uh it's very similar that people are saying it's very similar to the wrestler where you got a kind of a, a down and out older man who wants to rekindle his relationship with his uh, estranged daughter. And this in this case, the daughter is played by Sadie Sink, who's from uh, Stranger Things. And there, uh, and and uh, uh Brendan Fraser is playing an overweight man professor who has kind of has uh um Who's living a kind of reclusive life? It's getting pretty decent uh, re- reviews about uh, uh, Brandon Fraser's performance. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys heard about some of the the great things about it. What was your take on 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 the film? Because this, I would say, this is one of my most anticipated films of, of the year.
1: Well, I, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of uh, Darren Aronofsky, and when I first saw uh, *Requiem for a Dream*, really that's kind of like the movie that opened my eyes to just. To, to filmmaking into just the kind of unique way that you can tell a story. And uh, so, so every every film that he's uh, that he makes to me always, has always kind of like become an event. And this seems like it's gonna be like the closest film that he's made to like, a, I mean, the, this seems like it's gonna be like close closer to something like The Wrestler. And mm-hmm. he hasn't really made a drama like that in, in a very long time. And it's exciting that this is gonna be like, you know, the return of Brendan Fraser. It's been, He's a he's a great dramatic actor, but he really hasn't been in that many dramas. I think we all know him more for like the Mummy and like his comedies and stuff like that. So I mean, yeah, it's, it's very exciting to see him uh, return to this type of role, and it seems like it's going to be like his meatiest and juiciest role, you know, to date. And um, it could, you know, potentially be you know the the uh, the role of his, the role of his career, you know, the role of a lifetime.
0: Rich, let me ask you about Brendan Fraser. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of we we both grew up on his work. What was it about him back then, and why did you think he kind of fell out of fashion, like early two thousands or maybe even late two thousand tens or something like that? I mean, what was what was it about him that he was in the top of his game in in the nineties and early two thousands with the Mummy franchise, but something happened where he kind of just kind of disappeared. I wouldn't say he uh, retired or, or, or oh no, no, he, he was never really kind of, left. Yeah. I, but he was not the the as big of a star he was like in, during the, his heyday. Yeah, he, he just got way too many bombs out there. I mean, uh, you think uh, that was just it—just just too many bombs. Yeah, after also, after the Mummy franchise, and then, uh, I mean, he did come back with that uh, that three D uh, um, uh, journey to the center the, of the earth. Right. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. of, but it wasn't um, a, that films.
1: wasn't a hit, unfortunately, right? Oh yeah, no, I, I it was. Did, it was. I, oh was? Oh yeah. okay, okay. Cause yeah, I, I, I really liked uh journey to the center of the earth uh, or whatever right. it was called. I thought it was, I thought it was a fun movie. And I remember, you know, they made a sequel to it, you know, and I, I was excited, you know, for the sequel, like, you know, if they were going to, put in Frasier, but they ended up, you know, putting Dwayne John, ended up being a giant piece of crap movie. <laughs> 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 I just bring that up for fun, but, I, <laughs> but oh, man, um, like what happened, what, what happened? And you, you think he would have continued doing like more action adventures after that movie, right?
0: Well um around that time he did um uh I think Inkheart was a horrible horrible um uh Yeah I never watched big,
1: it but it, it looked horrible. <laughs>
0: yeah but he also had some sneakers um uh in, in his heyday too I mean um like Bedazzled was a um and Monkey yeah, Bone that like, were. That,
1: that was such a long time ago. <laughs>
0: but there was also that uh, uh, um the uh, Looney Tunes one where, uh, what was that called the uh,
1: yeah, but, uh, yeah, *Loot Back* in action. All those movies came out around the same time, like in, in like two thousand, the early two thousands.
0: Sure, 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 sure. Um, well, but I'm just
1: saying that. But but he, but what but what I'm trying to say is though he had like other hits after that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: I, but I I feel like maybe a part of the reason why Brendan Fraser um uh kind of disappeared was he started to do less roles, and I think he would. I think he got more selective. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think he got more selective on the movies he started to do, and unfortunately, you know um. They all turned out to be, like, uh, what was the last movie
0: he did? Like, Furry Vengeance? <laughs> well, I think, I I remember reading back then that he had, like, a very bitter breakup with his wife, and there was a custody battle, and I think some of these personal issues that he was going through affected not just the selection of the movies he was doing, but also kind of limited him, his, his choices, and, and really his mm-hmm. time to do these type of movies. So I think, like, he was really kind of stuck, forced to kind of... Uh, deal with some of the divorce and some of the you know the alimony and all that stuff you know and really kind of focus on his personal life and then, and then he was because it was such a long break he was almost forgotten and he was made i think you know when you look back at him you kind of take him for granted you kind of see him as the george of, of the jungle guy or you know these kind of campy or the encino man kind of kind of these like campy comedies
1: well, but, but. But also, I think part of the reason why, you know, when we think of Brandon Frazier will bring up a lot of those movies, mm-hmm. those, a lot of those goofy movies, I think it's because a lot of us growing up, you know, we were young when we saw those Brandon Frazier movies. So I guess we're like your generation, Mike, like that. I'm sure maybe one of the first times you saw him was like Encino, man. I don't right. Know, I'm not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure – it, it, ha, it has like a special place almost so like the first time i saw him was like in a lot of like george of the jungle which is not a good movie but mm-hmm. i loved it as a child so I'll, I'll, i remember it fondly you know what i mean and I, I think for a lot of us like we saw it at, at you know those at that age so we remember it fondly
0: <laughs> well i think i think he's will always be remembered for the mummy franchise but i think me and rich yeah. particularly remember him for a couple of things school mm-hmm. ties which was a great kind of high school drama you know, he's playing a Jewish man in a deeply rich uh, white school. There was, I think, there was set during the fifties, sixties, or something. So he was, deep, yeah. he, it was like he was the, the star quarterback, I want to say. Uh, uh, and he has to deal with anti uh, sen, sentiment, uh, anti Jewish sentiment, and so mm-hmm. that was he was. You know, you you take for granted that he was a, actually a very good tr- dramatic actor, and then something happened in in, in the late in the late nineties where he co starred. In a movie called "Gods and Monsters," uh, opposite uh, uh, Ian McKellen, and he was in, in this in this movie. Ian McKellen's right. playing the director of James Whale, who's the director famously known as the director of of, uh, of uh, Frankenstein. And mm-hmm. this is kind of old Hollywood, and you know he he was also James Whale was also closetedly a gay man. Ian McKellen was a gay man. Uh, and and so Brendan Fraser in this part, which I just just I, I love this movie because it it really shows you the, the just how great of a dramatic actor Brendan Fraser is because he has to be almost the embodiment of, of of Frankenstein and also has to be like this boy toy in the whole movie. It's a brilliant movie. It's written and directed by Bill Condon who would later do the Twilight series, but uh, he he also did Dream Girls and it was I, I think. Because of that movie, it really opened my eyes that Brendan Fraser was not just a comedic, a comedic guy or a, a, like a goofy actor. He was actually a much deeper uh, film actor, and so, it, so, 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 so to hear that he's back with the whale and that he possibly might get an Oscar nomination, it's just great news. Great news for you know for people who just kind of grew up on his movies and really think that he's one of the most under under underappreciated actors of in the 90s yeah and uh the 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 last the 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 most recent gig that i remember him before the him getting the whale um was the first season of uh doom patrol Mm -hmm. and uh and and that's the when when that started off i i really was surprised to see him and join that show and and then um all of a sudden we just see him gaining weight (laughs) i mean (laughs) but By the time dude patrol season two came on we we're going what the hell's going on but then i finally saw that he was uh uh doing this this project the whale for so long mm-hmm. um and, um so yeah uh, he Wait, really went so he, re- he, he really went for he, it
1: he gained weight for the role i thought oh I yeah thought he got i thought he got cast because he was he just he had he was gaining weight and they were like hey i have a role for you <laughs>
0: No, look I, at the I, I, first, I, look, look at the first season of Duke patrol, like the photos and stuff like that for promoting. He, yeah. He's got, he's got, he's got old, him. he's got old man weight. I mean, uh, standard, you know, the standard, you know, 40, 50 pounds overweight compared to this is uh, normal physique, you know, that, that, that you, but you haven't seen the guy in like uh, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: But, so but you would, so you would say that he's gotten like a, a lot heavier since season one of Duke patrol. Oh yeah. Yeah. Look at the first, oh, right okay i i need to i need to see more pictures of him or more videos of him because to me he, he doesn't seem like he's gotten that much bigger i think the last movie i saw him in was a, a movie we reviewed on the podcast um with don cheadle and uh steven soderbergh what was that movie yeah called? no sudden move no sudden move and i don't i don't remember him being that much bigger in that movie than he was in doom patrol season one. Oh, but no, I, no. know,
0: I saw maybe, maybe... I, I saw a much Bigger man in in that in that part. I mean, he looked like kind of Michael Chiklis, you know, <laughs> very thick, yeah, I mean, yeah. Very, um, and the the part needed that to be He, he has, to, you know, I think, he was playing kind of a menacing character.
1: Maybe what it is is like I, I for me seeing Brendan Fraser in Doom Patrol season one was so such a drastic departure from oh. you know what he looked like in 2010. You know, the actor from like the Mummy, right? That I I think for me like just seeing him now and then seeing him in Doom, it's not that much of a difference. From myself because it's because because seeing him like back you know you know 2010 that's drastically different
0: well we should also add that in in uh the whale he's going to also have prosthetic so he's going to even look bigger yeah <laughs> he's going to look very bigger yeah
1: we're, hmm. and then also we're going to be i think we're supposed to be seeing the character when he's like uh, smaller we're going to see him through um oh various phases of weight from, mm. from what i've been hearing
0: rich are you excited about the whale itself yes definitely because I, i'm a big fan of uh, aronofsky uh, uh too and uh, I, I really enjoy the wrestler. And uh, if if it is like the uh, much like the wrestler, then I'm all for it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I too i I'm am I'm a big fan of Bren Fraser from his other films, um, including uh, The Quiet American, which uh, um, he he I, I thought he did heard of that. yeah, and also um, Blast from the Past is always oh, whenever that's yeah. on, I, I, I always. Always pay attention to that film. That, that 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 even that film was fantastic. That that movie I don't remember that <laughs> um, well, Blast in the Past is a guy uh, the, 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 the that was the the idea behind that movie is that there's a family from the fifties, I want to say, that they this was during the time of uh, of a nuclear war scare mm-hmm. and they built a, a nuclear bomb shelter and they mistakenly thought it, there was World War Three, and so they the whole family uh, buried themselves under a underground bunker. 50 years. No, not 50. Was it 50 years? No, 30, maybe 30 years I later. Think so, 35 years. Yeah. 20... Yeah. So they, oh, okay. And they come back up and uh, Brendan Frazier, who was a baby. Now, is a now grown, 35 years. Old. Yeah. Now is a grown ass man. And now he has to uh, find out that they actually was not a, uh, a, a nuclear war. Like <laughs> it's,
1: it's kind of like a, like a Mormon movie in a way. Yeah, that's the way I kind of started. You know how Mormons like, have, are like the-
0: <laughs> because he was, he grew up by, by himself. And, and he had the parents. It's very like, yeah. It's very much he was growing. It was growing up with re- his 50 aesthetic. We should
1: aesthetic. review that movie. For, we should review that movie for fun.
0: We should. We should. I would love to. Uh It was a fantastic Let, comedy. Let's, re-
1: let's, let's review that and um and Gods and Monsters. Do a the <laughs> Frazier double feature. You know. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, you. I don't think you guys ever saw the third Mummy, right? It's terrible, but I don't think you guys ever saw it, right?
0: No, I never did. I don't think, I don't think so. I don't think so.
1: You know, it's terrible, but believe me, a lot of these Marvel movies that we're getting nowadays are much
0: worse. <laughs> what was the other movie you were talking about, Rich? It was Blasting the Past and Passing. What was it? Oh, The Quiet Man.
1: I don't. I've never heard of that. movie. Or The
0: Quiet American. Oh, The Quiet American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the the I've Michael Caine. That was with Michael Caine, yeah. right? Is that Philip Noyce who directed that? Yes. So that was yeah. That was a and again that's another kind of a genre where he's. I think that was a espionage, uh, historic thriller. Mm-hmm. where you don't expect uh Brendan Fraser to to be a part of uh and also working against uh, uh Michael Keaton or uh, Michael Caine. But yeah, yeah, like like I said, I mean, I think Brendan Fraser is just one of these great unappreciated actors and uh, it seems like his his time is up. You know, we need we need to pay respect. I think after the um uh after the success of the Mummy franchise, I think his uh his uh you know, paycheck got bloated, and uh, uh, it, it's hard to find um, projects um, through your manager or whatever um, to to try to get as much. You know, uh, another project. Uh, no. It, to to it, you know it, it, to work on it feels like to, get, a, yeah, to join.
1: You're you're right. I think because it feels like his agents they were probably trying to find like another mummy for him. And yeah, it's, it's sort of similar mean, to the Henry but, Cavill yeah they were trying to you know uh what's what's the what's the, what's the saying like they were trying to uh, capture magic in a bottle and it's like mm-hmm. you can't you can't do that you know mm-hmm. what I mean? or lightning in a bottle twice or you, you i mean and because that, yeah like it's Journey impossible of the, yeah. of the world and then that, that art what was the other one the archangel or whatever like all those movies they were wannabe mummies they were trying to be like a, a mummy franchise for families or whatever and, and they all failed and they they kept his agents kept trying to put him in movies and comedies and stuff like that. And it just wasn't working out when they should have probably just let them do another Gods and Monsters or something like that. Mm -hmm. Let them do something like that. And then, um, you know, when the time's right, another good franchise will come along. You know, I, I remember I don't know if you guys remember this. You remember like the first G.I. Joe movie, Brandon Fraser had a small role. as, like the guy that trains all the G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was a great role. <laughs> that was the best part of the, that was the best part of that horrible G.I. Joe movie, just <laughs> seeing Brandon Fraser show up.
0: Well, the, he was trying different things. Like he would appear in like these smaller co-starring parts.
1: Like, yeah, he was I, in a
0: I, that great ensemble uh, a series uh, in History Channel with the Bill Packs and Texas Rising right right yeah but even before even before that i've never heard of that either yeah it's a great series just like uh the hatfields and mccoy uh with kevin goxner and uh tom Tom Merringer. bill paxton uh plays the i think he plays a texas ranger or something or this is the birth of the texas rangers or something like that yeah yeah um but i was thinking even before that uh, brendan Fraser will appear in something like crash and like Mm -hmm. like i go Oh, he's just—he's trying to do di- something different. He doesn't need to be the leading guy, and yet that—that di- that still didn't work for him. Uh, but it, he was—he uh, was acting opposite uh, Sandra Bullock. I mean, that's—that yeah. that was a huge gig for him. I mean, and just it was, to, and it was—it was a great kind of idea, but for whatever reason, they—I think he—he got it's because he did so many goofy comedies in the '90s. I think he got a bad reputation, of, or maybe they, he's not the first guy they think of when they when they think of these ensemble films. Uh, sure. But let's get into something. That,
1: that... You know, that, but, no, actually, you know, let's just let's just do the rest of this episode. Just let's just talk about <laughs> Brendan Fraser. It's our Brendan Fraser episode.
0: <laughs> but uh, also, let me just say that well, we're also uh, looking forward to his other two films. That well, we were we were we, were, oh, we were looking forward to, we were looking forward to Batgirl. Um, but those <laughs> are the Flower Moons. The Martin Scorsese, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's going to be in that, and it's, and it's that's going to be a great picture for him too. So, yeah, that. Well, yeah. I mean, and and the whale. I, I'm I mean, curious.
1: I'm curious how big his role is going to be in that Martin Scorsese movie. It doesn't I mean, matter. It's, gonna it's be gonna be like, gonna uh, be a Martin movie. I know, I know, but I mean, I I remember like you know, when they were announcing like the cast of Um Wolf of Wall Street, and like you hear um, uh, was was the actor from Punisher again?
0: Thomas What's Jane.
1: No, the other Punisher, the new Punisher. John Bernthal? Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I My Punisher is, uh, is Thomas <laughs> J. <laughs> yeah, your, your Punisher is
0: Dolph Lundgren. Your uh, Punisher is Ray, uh, Ray, uh, Ray like <laughs> yeah, Ray Stevenson. Stevenson. Your Punisher is David Hasselhoff. <laughs> oh. No, oh, no, no. Okay, what well, you were saying
1: that? I don't remember.
0: <laughs> no, it was, uh.
1: Oh yeah, John the cast of Wolf. Yeah, I remember when they were casting the cast of uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I was like, Oh man, what's John Barretth going to be doing in this movie? And then you watch the movie; it's like in two tiny scenes. He has like four lines of dialogue in the whole movie. Oh, but he killed Barely it. Even it him. He killed it in that. He, scene. Yeah, he did. He killed it. He killed it. But, he's, <laughs> but it's a tiny role, like Matthew McConaughey in it. Like it's a, yeah. like you get one scene and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, mean, you make it. You make, you make the best of that scene. But I'm a,
0: I'm a, I'm going to assume that Brandon Fraser is going to play some FBI agent. And he's probably going to be the mm. boss of Leo in that in that film, or something like that, or maybe his partner.
1: That sounds that sounds like it'd be a juicy role.
0: Oh yeah. wait, wait, the, not the not Leo. Uh, the, no, no, it's the guy who uh, in The Power of the Dog. Um, uh, big Head, married to uh, Jesse, Christi- Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Plemons, yeah, Jesse Jesse Plemons. He's probably going to be his boss or his his partner, most likely. Something like that. But you know, I wanna talk about the other kind of big movie that was premiering in Venice. All oh, the fa- Which one's that?
1: Steven Spielberg movie. what's going on with that? Is that still coming out this year?
0: Yeah, I think so. Is that co- wait, 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 no, no, no. I was not thinking about that.
1: I know, I just brought it up for fun. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm ruining I'm ruining your podcast. <laughs> uh like has have have they screened that for critics yet like any festivals I, think,
0: it, I think I heard that it was going to be in Telluride or no or AFI oh, okay. AFI it's going to like Cause close Cuz it's getting
1: close man I mean yeah. they need to hurry up like, we need a trailer for
0: that Yeah I think it's going to either close Telluride or maybe AFI festival AFI fest, A-F-I fest. Okay so the movie I'm, I want to talk about is the movie that everyone's talking about, but for the wrong reasons, but it's just premiered <laughs> in, in in Venice and it's called, uh, it's a movie, it's, uh, the movie I wanted to talk about is Don't Worry Darling, uh, the Olivia Wilde's new film that everyone's talking about all the drama behind it. Now it's getting pretty bad reviews or at least I guess you could say mixed which, reviews. Which is
1: very, which is very shocking to us because one of our favorite movies for the past decade is books. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. We, we we love that movie.
1: No, we're, we're the one. Okay, yeah. Uh, the, the, the three of us think Booksmart is like one of the worst movies in the past couple of years.
0: I always say it's one of the worst movies, but it definitely didn't.
1: I'd say act. I'd say it's one of the worst high school movies I've seen in the past couple of years.
0: Well, it's just like uh, a female version of of, of uh, Superbad, right? I mean, and I know everyone was saying don't compare this to Superbad, but it is a female version of Superbad. Uh, uh, the last, I mean, right, it's right, except, you know,
1: minus, minus the laugh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, said in the last day of school. You know, you got two kind of uh, nerdy kids at the center of that uh, comedy. I mean, and and, it's the same plot. I, yeah, I mean, I, I and everyone's saying don't say this is a female version of Superbad, but it, it's. I mean, it's hard not to do that. Anyway, we did not particularly like that movie. So, we, our feelings about Olivia Wilde as a director wasn't that high. And so, the fact that she got so good much... Good actress, though. She's okay. Good actress. I, I liked yeah. her in that... In in that uh, Speaking of Martin Scorsese, uh, I, I liked her in that uh, HBO Scorsese uh, drama, Vinyl.
1: Oh, she, she's
0: not, uh, she was in that for, for... She was one of the co-stars in that. But I I thought, I thought she did a very good job in that. But... I didn't think she was going to be, you know, I, you know. The, if you would have told me that she was going to be the like this big upcoming filmmaker, I w- I would go, you're crazy. But she has, and unfortunately, it seems like that that pressure of being this kind of new star, starring this new breakout filmmaker, has kind of collapsed on her on herself and kind of ruined this film because now you got a whole bunch of drama behind the scenes. You got Shia LaBeouf, kind of, you know coming out saying that whatever, he did not get fired from that show. You got Florence Pugh, who's the, the the maid star of the film, who's basically not promoting it at all because rumors that she didn't have great relationship with Olivia Wilde. Uh, what was your feelings when you heard like this movie is <laughs> becoming one of these kind of... Um, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm shocked
1: yeah honestly i'm shocked because while i really did not like Booksmart, and when they announced this movie i had zero faith in it at all because <laughs> i mean i just i don't i don't think uh, olivia wilde is this you know this capable you know amazing like up-and-coming director um ba- you know based off book smart but um but i gotta admit when i saw the trailer for don't worry darling i'm like this looks a lot better than Booksmart. this looks like a very you know unique movie and um uh i i was kind of looking forward to it and um you start to see all this kind of all this negativity plus you know people have seen the movie now and it's getting really negative reviews and um i don't know man I, it starts to make me think like man you know maybe we were right about books for the whole time.
0: <laughs> rich what's your what's your thoughts on don't worry darling is it, is it going to end up becoming a big box office success Oh, uh no, of course not. It's coming out in a few weeks and this is the the worst time uh for movies in, in general. Um but yeah, watching the trailer, um, yeah, of course I hated Booksmart too. Uh but watching the trailers like I looked at it and I go, "Oh, okay, it's like a like a Stepford Wives ripoff meets yeah. meets Get Out." And um, but a, a white get out, <laughs> well, yeah. the racial stuff in you what, know, yeah, um, yeah, so I wasn't expecting much. I mean, I mean, it looked like it, it could just rip off of those two kind of thing, a mixture, mm-hmm. and and um, but I was I was impressed by this cast. I mean, uh, Florence Pugh, of course, is I don't know, Miss Flo, she, <laughs> she deserves that title, but. Um, she is, she is a big star. I mean, this is her time for her movies to, uh, to like, she needs to choose the the best movies for her career. And, uh, this one seemed like it could have been, I mean, uh, a a decent flick, but then again, there's Chris Pine in it. I mean, (laughs) Uh, uh, well, Chris Pine uh, is the the kiss of death, and, and <laughs> well, now Harry Styles might be. I mean, Harry oh. Styles. I mean, it's it's. I, I'm not looking. <coughs> I, I'm not looking forward to seeing his career take off as well. I mean, on, on um, once I saw him in Eternals, they how he's casting Eternals. I was going, oh no, this is total wrong direction. Well, when I say that Chris Pine is the kiss of death, I'm just saying he's making really bad choices, or his movies just don't necessarily. out of of all the chris's out there he his his choices are you know uh go from bad to worse i mean i want to say but i want to say that i think chris pine is a great actor i mean yes if you saw him well if you saw him in hell and high water he's fantastic in that and i think he's very good in wonder woman and i think he's very good as in in star trek as, as james t kirk so I mean he has he is a good actor. I just for whatever reason his movies don't really spark enough interest for a lot of people to go and say, "Yeah, I'm buying a ticket for a Chris Pine movie." So to, when I saw his name in this cast, I'm like, "Oh shit, that's a bad sign." Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, but that I think no. that's what it is. Yeah, but he is that he, he is an actor that once he's involved, he'll give you 100%. I oh, mean, yeah, look at the yeah. look at Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the best best characters in in that shitty ass movie. <laughs> uh, um but um yeah, it's it's just it's 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 just a shame that all those all those other stars in it. I mean, um, you know this this movie, but of course it's uh, it's rumored that this film is only twenty million mm-hmm. in production cost, so they just you know. Well, let me ask they you. They could this. they could afford they could afford to lose it. I mean, let me, that, let me that's ask, well, that's why it's coming out in the first time, first let, place. Let me ask you this. I mean, don't worry, darling. No one really knows what the movie is about unless you Mm -hmm. saw the trailer, and then you you could tell that it's some kind of Stepford Wise ripoff, or Mm -hmm. you know, whatever a mystery thriller thing. Yeah, but all the everything that's that that, that's generated around this movie is just the the rumors. You know, these these on set fights. uh, Harry Styles, you know, he he's in a
1: relationship with the director now and and all of all the drama personally um i think the thing that kind of interests me the most is the shia labeouf stuff
0: mm-hmm. yeah because
1: yeah. uh, um because you know when they when they announced or whatever that you know shia labeouf was fired and they were replacing him with harry styles or whatever, i i didn't care or whatever right. but Shia uh, you know came out and he with his receipts and he's like <laughs> you know let me let me let me set the record straight i mean that really completely flipped everything because um I, I don't know, man. It's just like, cause it, it really makes you just like question Olivia Wilde. And it makes you mm. really kind of just like, it makes me question her as a person. I, I used to, I, I don't, I don't need, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't like her anymore. <laughs> I used to at least like her, like as, as a person, you know what I mean? I didn't like Booksmart, but at least I liked her. I liked seeing her in like movies like Richard Jewell or whatever. I thought she oh, yeah. was great at yeah, Richard Jewell. Yeah,
0: yeah. I forgot about that. But,
1: yeah. um, but i mean now i'm just like i don't know maybe all those like maybe all those rumors about her are true <laughs> <laughs> well look i i I'm, i don't
0: i don't even know i mean who knows what's real what's not obviously i think olivia wilde kind of fell for her own press maybe she thought she could get away with, with a lot of the stuff she was saying and a lot of it she was trying to you know she's trying to make these tempered Remarks about Shia LaBeouf, or even about her relationship with Florence Pugh. I mean, she has not come out and said said like, no, I, I have a difficult time working with both of these people, and that's why this person got fired, or this one. I'm not, you know, is not promoting the movie. Like she's just kept it very secretive and tried to keep as as a, as a, a diplomatic as she can. I'm well, saying, and, um... but, but but my fear is that if this movie becomes a huge hit because I think it might be cuz people now know about this movie no because of because of the but, but they know the movie because of the drama. I think that gives that sets a wrong precedent for 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 what's comes comes coming next. You know. Well, that's interesting. Well, this is this this movie, well, since it's WB, this this movie is is total opposite to uh what what uh, the Flash is to WB. Oh, right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, sure, uh this if the
1: hey,
0: flash they is have got a- tax right off for this <laughs> yeah but no no that's uh, that's that's it i mean this uh this the flash is 200 million pictured at least mm-hmm. and this film if it's rumored to be 20 million and and then for 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 Wb there's no such thing as bad press press is press i mean
1: they only point, yeah. their,
0: their, their loss of it is only 20 million who cares i mean i mean as I long think- as as long as people know about it they'll 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 check it out eventually. I th- I really I really do think that don't worry darling is going to be number 1 that week. I think it's going to do pretty well. I think it's going to do shockingly well and I think it's going to be contribute to just the this type of dra- this this all just just drama. This yeah. kind of made up mm. drama made in the media and I think it's it really shows you that like, like, all you have to do is just come up with some, you know, you know this is the new way to promote a movie, you know, <laughs> just make up some. Like,
1: well, 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 we'll find out. I mean, the movie might still bomb. I mean, I, well, it, yeah. it'll, it'll be the test of that. Because yeah. I do think you're right. If this movie is a hit, I think it's for either either what you're saying, because of the controversy, because of the drama, yeah. or it's because of Harry Styles, man. People yeah. like that guy for some yeah. reason. You know. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. But, um, but uh, you know, you know when, the, when the Shia LaBeouf, you know, revelations came out, One of the things I thought was so interesting was he released this video of Olivia Wilde, you know, a video that Olivia Wilde sent to him. And in it, um, she mentions that, you know, Shia LaBeouf, he didn't want to do this movie because he didn't, he didn't like the screenplay. He thought like there was some interesting stuff there, but that the movie didn't really work. And then Olivia Wilde like responded in the video, like, help me work on the screenplay. We can make it better. We can fix this movie. We can fix this movie. movie. I know it's not working. And it's like, oh, I get I get a little bit of a Jordan Peele um uh what was Jordan Peele's second movie um
0: us us
1: us yes us because us like there's interviews with Jordan Peele like before that movie came out where he was like you know get out I was working for so long but us I just had half an idea but I was so confident I was like I'm I'm gonna just do it <laughs> I'm gonna I'm just gonna make it And I feel that's kind of what Olivia Wilde kind of went through she was so confident of book smart she only had like half, half an idea Mm-hmm. But she was like, "Fuck it! I, everyone loves me. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna do it. And I'm gonna
0: wing it. I'm gonna wing it.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna wing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't make a movie that way. But I think the one thing Jordan Peele had going for it is that Jordan Peele like just keeps getting like better, better as a filmmaker. His mm-hmm. screenplays aren't getting better, but as a filmmaker, he keeps getting better and better. And I don't know. I haven't seen Don't Worry, Darling yet, but I, I, I mean, we'll we'll find out, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah well they see adam mckay do it and they go oh, i could do it <laughs> just ad lib on the on the set
1: mm-hmm. I, I, I like, I like adam McKay.
0: yeah i know but I, he, th- he, I, thought he,
1: vice, I thought vice was great
0: but do you think it was a a, a complete script when he started
1: oh no <laughs> say for big short yeah i think so maybe not for um the last one the one he did for netflix don't look up but i think <laughs> vice and and big short had screenplays mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's talk about. Speaking of Jordan Peele, we did see Nope recently. It came out on VOD. Let me mm-hmm. get your thoughts on, on Nope because uh, it was a big movie that came out in the summer. Didn't do as, as much as I thought it was going to do, but overall, I think yeah, over- I
1: thought it was going to make a bit more as well.
0: But overall, I mean, I think it made over a hundred million. I think that's that's adequate. I mean, I think the budget of the movie was only sixty million, so it still continues his his rise as a Formidable horror director, uh, yeah. So, really quickly, what's your thoughts on Nope?
1: I really enjoyed it. Um, I had a very good time watching the movie. Um, it wasn't, I guess, as um, wild or whatever as I was expecting. Um, mm-hmm. It's not as crazy as like Get Out or Us, but I mean, it's, it's a very, it's a fairly simple movie, and uh, it made it made sense. I, I do think, like, kind of, like, the two kind of main stories going on in the film, um, I would have liked if they kind of connected or came together in a in a, in a more satisfying way, but I think the movies, the, the they overall still have an overall strong enough connection where I can, I still see it as one movie instead of two movies, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. And, um... I like it i mean yeah again i i just i guess my biggest criticism of the movie or the thing that had me like the, the the least most least engaged was the third act i didn't love the ending um i don't know if we're getting spoilers but the ending was just very kind of typical and um it, it almost just like turns into an action movie at the end but yeah. it, it was it was it was okay the yeah. ending was okay but i i really loved like the first two thirds of the movie
0: uh, it's it's funny because I had the kind of maybe the opposite uh, reaction because I I thought the first half of the movie was very slow,
1: really? and I think
0: I think a lot of it could it could have been cut down. I think what is it like two hours and twenty minutes or I mean, over two hours or so? I think the some movie, of that. The movie flew by for me. Oh, uh, not for me. The first half went really slow for me, and then the second half where you yeah, it's true, it becomes more of a typical summer action film. Uh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 at least it didn't. It, it kind of dropped the whole mystery and just kind of focused on this mission that they were trying to do. Uh, Rich, what's your? That, that's
1: another thing about the movie, right? Pass it, to Rich. I'll, I'll bring it up later.
0: Okay, Rich, what's your what's your thoughts on, on Nope? I think it's pretty. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty on par with his uh, Us. It's it's another in, um, incomplete type of film mm-hmm. as far as screenplay goes. Uh, his direction his direction is getting much better but his screenplay is getting much worse um i think so and oh, it, it's come on. It, it's it's um i appreciate the direction and the look of it probably mostly because of the, the cinematographer but uh yeah i really wish it had a more com- complete uh, uh script um
1: what felt incomplete about it to you it's
0: it's it's very very it's 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 too odd it's um uh yeah um yeah. mystery there's a lot of mystery a lot of symbols I, I'm, well maybe not simple it's,
1: it's very it's very david lynch it's like mainstream david lynch in, in no ways.
0: no it, it's it's um more m night
1: oh uh, m night um, no i didn't get that i didn't i didn't get m night um there is definitely a lot of signs in the movie <laughs> I mean, yeah I, I felt there was a lot of signs in the, in the film but uh, to me the movie is it's all kind of about like um like humans or and people messing with like nature oh yeah definitely like and yeah. messing, yeah and that's that's kind of and did you just got like all these kind of like scenarios that kind of loosely connect that uh that that revolve around that and um yeah and uh but that that really worked for me and overall i think that that makes more sense and Feels more complete and feels more like a screenplay than anything than us. (laughs) To
0: me, (laughs) I liked
1: us. Us is a fun movie, but it's a complete mess.
0: I think the problem I have with Nope is that I didn't like the comedy in it. Mm. There were some. I I, I didn't. I I didn't like the comedy at all.
1: I I I laughed a bit throughout the movie. Really, it's its funniest. It's its funniest movie.
0: Yeah, but I don't. I think I had a much better time with us. You know, like for instance. Mm-hmm. when uh, uh rooting for him yeah. eric, no what's like a eric uh tim and eric which one which one was uh in, in oh, heidecker? Tim, heidecker. Tim, heidecker. tim heidecker okay so remember the, the his death scene <laughs> and they but right before it it was they played uh nwa song or something was it an a- nwa song in the, in the stereo they play oh, some actually, kind of yeah. song uh,
1: they, they, did, they did play they did play a song okay, i, I, but I and, don't i remember nwa we, or was
0: it was it the i got five on it by the Loony? maybe maybe no no like, that, no there. no that's,
1: the, well, they, that that the, for the trailer? They played a rap song, yeah.
0: though, right? They played a rap song? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it, they did. They and it did. was like kind yeah. of an odd way to set up this kind of death scene. And I just mm-hmm. did I go, that was very clever. That's very funny. And I was laughing at it. So the, the comedy worked for me, for us. Although the, I would say that, yeah, I would agree that Nope is actually well, a little bit more funnier. Or try, well, let let me say makes this. more attempts at comedy. Let me
1: say this. Let me say this. I think the comedy in Nope is more character-based. And that's one of the things I loved about Nope. Because I think this is the... I, I loved every character in this movie, like, and more than I had with any Jordan Field movie previously. Like, mm-hmm. I really loved these characters. And I felt like, yeah, sure, the screenplay isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. But I thought, the, I mean, this is like the most kind of like fleshed out, I felt or the, the most human and most alive, like his characters I felt. And, um, Ever really? I mean, or probably since uh, Little Rel, Little and um, and Get Out. You know yeah, Get I mean? Out,
0: Get Out had really great comedy in that movie too. I, I yeah. and I thought, like, when I was watching, was watching Get Out, I go, you know, Jordan Peele has this a great ability to kind of blend up at certain, you know, absurdist comedy with this horror, you know, yeah. elements and make it very make it work very well. And but I didn't really find that in Nope. And I, I kind of i i'm i'm the opposite i didn't like the main actors or the main characters oh, i should really? say yeah daniel so Daniel brother and
1: sister
0: yeah daniel Kuluya most of all i think he's just in a totally different movie he has a he's more kind of a western archer type he's kind of he's kind of like playing clean eastwood he doesn't talk much he's a man of action he has a horse he's a horse trainer so once we get into like you know that third act where it becomes a action film then he works you know because it's you know it, it's like almost set up well, I, that way
1: i but, i love the brother and sister but my, my two favorite characters in the movie though are uh, Stephen Yoon's character yeah. and um and, and the fries guy
0: oh really i didn't like him
1: yeah
0: i didn't like uh, oh
1: really I, and, I i liked him
0: he was fine i think he was a good actor i think that they he you know jordan peele actually has a great ability to cast his films his films because i i don't know that guy brandon priera priera or, 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 or you know, all, he, you know, he, the way he and, could, and he,
1: and Jordan Peele says he he wrote the role for
0: him. Oh, I, I this is the first time I ever saw this guy. I I don't know where he came. I from. I know. I thought he did. I a, haven't
1: seen him either. <laughs> I I haven't I, seen him in anything either. I think he's like J- Jordan Peele's friend or something like that. <laughs> I thought he did a good job. He was cool boy. <laughs>
0: I thought he good. I thought he did a good job as like kind of this guy who works at Fries and he's kind of like the the camera guy, but I didn't. I don't know. I didn't think it worked. I like, like I said, any, the whole beginning didn't work for me. Rich, did you like the characters mm-hmm. in the movie? I did, but I just wish they uh, had more of, of a connection, yeah, um, to each other. I mean, uh, they were all like. It seemed like they were mo- all separate. I mean, they're they're like working an angle. Mm-hmm. Each of them were working an angle. They weren't working together. They, I mean, basically, they, so. Um,
1: they didn't work together to the end, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. I, I mean. Well, I agree with all, all you guys. I think Stephen Yoon's character is probably the most fascinating character in the
1: movie. Well, his whole, his whole storyline is the like, I wish that was the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole, what is it? Gordy's place or Gordy's, uh, Gordy's, Gordy's something, right? I mean, yeah. that, that stuff, like, give me a whole series just about that. You know, give me like the ch- the childhood and then everything uh, yeah. going on. That, that stuff was amazing.
0: That is fantastic. That was fantastic and and that's why maybe that's why i don't like the other characters because i loved the, stephen yun's character so much or that storyline so much yeah right. it reminded me of a pt anderson kind of uh uh you know magnolia script and shit but
1: um pt anderson did horror or something like that
0: <laughs> you mean with the frogs and the, the magnolia the magnolia you know, know how um you know uh, you get a um a, st- a storyline of uh, oh start a, William child, M- William, William a Macy's star, childhood child, like that, child yeah. stars former mm-hmm. child stars and stuff like that yeah, yeah I mean uh, Stephen Yoon's character he's playing a, a former child star who and his he he was part of this 90s sitcom where the main focus was this ape and mm-hmm. and 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 something happens that uh that terrorizes his 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 life or you know it becomes a traumatic thing that then it becomes uh, something that he kind of base his whole business around, I should say, and so like the whole movie is about like build and, like building these and, kind of and, businesses around tragedy, family tragedy. So I, you know, like, I, I do like what Jordan Peele is trying to say about a lot of things, but I don't think he fully fully flesh out these ideas because to me, but really, don't
1: you think he don't you think he kind of said it though in a in a very vague kind of like David Lynch way? Because that, that's kind of how I got that's that's kind of how I read this whole story. Well, it's I, I, kind of you know. The only Lynchian image, thing
0: that I, I seen in in, in in the whole movie was the 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 well, whatever the, the spoiler image. <laughs> I mean itself the well the UFO the UFO. We could say I guess we could say UFO. Okay, the UFO itself. I
1: don't, I don't mean. I don't mean David Lynch in like you know odd, bizarre, surreal type of way. I mean David Lynch more in like. It's not like a ABC storyline. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not like a. It's not like a. It's, it's a very it's a very different way to tell a story the way Jordan Peel tells this movie. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not really a story. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like it's like th- three tales that all loosely connect that are uh, about the same thing basically <laughs>
0: It does yeah I would say and, I, it,
1: and that's very and that's very David Lynch to me.
0: <laughs> I would say that it does feel very much like a, a graphic novel or a comic book. Uh, but I, I think the, the West, I think it like he has this kind of Western element in the movie, which I don't know if works well with the rest of the UFO or the mystery or kind of. Uh, it worked for me. Yeah. I mean, uh, it feels like very Quentin Tarantino esque.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, certainly. It's kind uh, of like signs mixed with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mixed <laughs> with like, um, I, I, I don't know, like some horror movie or something like that. I don't know. It's a it's a weird combination of films. Yeah. But it's unique. I mean, it's a unique experience and I think, you know, this is a movie you watch and you're you're definitely going to have a conversation afterwards. You know, whether you whether you love the movie or not, it's a conversation starter and um I don't think we get enough movies like that anymore. Yeah, I,
0: that's why I kind of don't want to shit on the movie because it's so original and it's trying to be original. So I really wish I really wish it was more tighter the script. I mean that's yeah, a, sure. I I mean I, I appreciate a little quirkiness, of course, but um I, I like you know the I, I like the characters, I like the you know, the, the they could have done much they could have done, done much better. I mean they could have made it clearer, uh, the yeah. the story. It, and the, the UFO itself, it was just like it, it was just too much of a head scratcher. I was going, mm. oh, oh that uh, that's just laziness. <laughs>
1: Really? Well, Wait, I I want now. I want to know, spoilery what specifically uh-huh. you're talking about because I, I thought how they handled the UFO stuff was pretty unique. But I I, don't know.
0: I think he, I think he's talking about the design, right? Because you were talking about the, the design, design and uh, the, um, the the sequence that they they were trying to, to grasp at the end.
1: Yeah. I yeah, I thought it was unique. I think I have a feeling I know what you're talking about, but at the same time, i there's another sequence in the movie where I'm like, yeah, that was kind of dumb.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it the movie needs more Keith David. I think definitely he got, he got oh, I forgot
1: he was even in it. Yeah. yeah. I,
0: I, I, when I knew, when I knew that he was going to be in the movie, I go, Oh, awesome. Finally, we're going to get a Keith David movie and he's barely in the film. Uh, the movie needed more Michael Wincott. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I,
1: I, I, he more than Keith David. He's more than Keith yeah.
0: David, but I think he needed maybe a, a little bit more fleshed out storyline. I think he was exactly awesome. He's awesome.
1: mostly
0: just in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think there was, like I said, there's there's a lot of things to, to to love about this movie, and the more I think about it, the more I do appreciate that there were, he was, Jordan Peele is trying to do something different. And I, look, I this is what I'll say: the UFO is not about racism, <laughs> and I, I, yeah. I, I like that. You know, I like that he was trying doing something different because he has two. You know, the last two movies are about racism. It's about class nope is not he's trying to do something different he's doing something more kind of mainstream doing more kind of genre-based films and you you could tell that jordan peele is a horror guy he loves these movies and i think with nope he was trying to be more entertaining in that in that aspect in that aspect
1: yeah he he he, i mean this is him doing like steven spielberg or like um yeah. yeah Uh, like I mean he said in interviews that this is him basically inspired by all the 80s movies that he grew up watching yeah there's an interview um there's an interview that he was doing with the cast and uh Kiki Palmer was uh was like uh freaking out because um because uh Corey Feldman was at the premiere <laughs> and uh, she she had never she had never met him before and uh Jordan Peel was saying that you know this movie was basically inspired by the type of movie that would have starred uh, Corey Feldman in the 80s
0: interesting that's awesome yeah, I and mean, when I say that this movie isn't about racism, I say, I'm, there there is some uh, some I guess you could say the 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 whole idea of the black horse trainers that is a bit about you know there's you know there is a bit about but that. it's
1: more their backstory it's right. more their backstory. I'm just I get what you're trying to say. It's not like <laughs> it's not like Get
0: Out. <laughs> yeah, this is not like a, a metaphor for like a, you know the history of slavery or something <laughs> like that or something like that. You know th- that's what I really kind of. Was shocked that it wasn't about that. This is really just a kind of. I
1: was uh, expecting that. I, yeah. I was looking for it throughout the movie. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> but um, I, feel, I think the one thing we, the three of us can agree on is Get Out. It's, it's definitely Jordan Peele's best movie. Yes. For myself, Nope is the second best. Where? How about you? I, I think Mikey made it clear you like Us more. How, how about you, Rich? You like uh, Us or Nope more?
0: I uh, Get Out. Oh, what? No, but it's no. second best.
1: Second. Second. Oh,
0: um, uh, Us. Us no, more. Okay because yeah. um i think uh um nope the best thing about it is the uh, cinematography and and he, uh that's not uh jordan
1: God, the characters are so great
0: mm. and um, i like i like the characters I, I, the best I, I,
1: uh, and i just love how like non-traditional the movie is but um but yeah i mean i guess i guess we we talked about it right that's nope um, that's nope. that's nope uh, but I,
0: I'm not. I'm not totally shitting on it. It's just. It just. I just wish it was better. That's, mm-hmm. that's all. And it had the potential to be better. If I, yes.
1: I have, I have a feeling. I have a feeling both of you are going to like it more on second viewing.
0: Yeah, Probably. That's true. Because Probably. Uh, I, I mean. Fell the, through the beginning. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I kind of do like some of the elements in the in the film. But let's go into a movie now that I'm, I'm sure that we're all going to agree that that it's awesome. Oh, song, Me Time. <laughs> no, Samaritan. <laughs> Samaritan. We we recently saw. We didn't review that
1: already.
0: No, we didn't. We didn't get a chance to talk about Samaritan. This is a Amazon Prime superhero film that stars uh, Sly Stallone. And uh, so, what's your what's your thoughts on Samaritan? Let's start with you, Rich, because I think you like this. I think actually I like this more than you did. But uh, let me hear your thoughts. <laughs> I thought we reviewed this.
1: No. Yeah, I know. I thought we did too.
0: Okay yeah this is a this definitely is a throwback type of film and I really wish it was similar to nope um I really wish it was a little bit tighter the script and and but but the direction from the director from Over, overlord was it called yeah overlord yeah. overlord yeah overlord was directed much better <laughs> it's so it's a little bit different than the nope uh, uh I, um but it, it's a 90s flashback superhero flick, and it was just okay. It was, I mean, it, it could have been a lot worse. Um, Stallone is playing, I guess he's playing a 60-year-old <laughs> superhero, <laughs> yeah. but he's actually eight, closer to 80. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but, um, yeah, uh, it, it's fine. I, I i knew it was coming. Uh, uh,
1: for, you knew it was going to uh, be generic. From, you knew it was yeah, going to be
0: like, I, I, yeah. Uh, By the the 20 minutes in, I knew exactly how the ending was going to be. And it was. uh, It was directed by a guy named Julius Avery. He's an Australian filmmaker who did Overlord, which is the the World War II horror film from um, Bad Robot, which was very good. I I think this is his first film since then. But, yeah, it is a little bit of a step back for him. Uh, Raymond, I'm assuming you hate this movie.
1: Well, um, I'll start off by saying I remember – I was, I think, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I was the first one that you know was talking about this movie. I remember oh, yeah. hearing about it years ago, and um, like I think before the pandemic, and saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna get a movie with Sly Alone playing a superhero. We we got it. You know, mark this one on your calendars." And you know, years and years went by, and uh, no poster, no no trailer, no nothing. And finally, we get the trailer, and I was so blown away by how crappy it looked. Because I was never expecting the movie to be, you know, any, anything spectacular or anything. Mm. It was. We knew that he was going to be playing this Asian, aging superhero, but I thought it was going to be. I I assumed it was going to be something like Unbreakable, mm, mm, mm. and uh, and and uh, it, it it wasn't. I mean, the, based off the trailer, you could tell that it was going to be like um, like a nat- movie, and not even like a good 90s <laughs> comic book movie, but mm. like um, like the shaquille o'neal steel or <laughs> or like or like spawn or something like yeah. that like that's the yeah, vibe man. i got and 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 i was not looking forward to the movie at all uh finally getting around to watching the movie on prime um i don't think it, it was completely terrible but i mostly had fun with the movie and like wow this is this is really corny <laughs> like I, I had fun watching it. like like this is a really campy corny movie like some of the best stuff in the movie for me was like seeing Sly Stallone beat up a bunch of little kids. <laughs> yeah. like, we see, like we see him beat up, um, like a, what's the guy's name, Mo- Moses uh, Arius or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Moses Arius. Uh, he, he, play, he, he, he played him and his friends like, who are basically like high school kids cause they're trying to take like this like middle schooler or whatever to, you know, to join their game. We, we just see like Stallone like teach these kids a lesson multiple times. So he's just like beating up children. And <laughs> I mean, it's unintentionally hilarious. So I, I did laugh consistently throughout the movie. And I thought the little boy in the film that uh, Sly Stallone uh, strikes up a relationship with uh, was pretty charismatic for a child actor. Um, I, oh, yeah. I enjoyed him in the role. I enjoyed him in the role. I thought he was pretty good. And um, overall, really, I thought the acting in the movie was solid. It's, a, it's an overall well or decent enough made movie, but it really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this, movie, this movie is just a complete embarrassment, but they, they know it. I mean, no one that made this movie was, you know, they no one thought they were making, you know, Black Panther. They didn't think they were making Unbreakable or Logan. They knew they were making a, a piece of crap movie. I just wish Sly Stallone would put a bit more effort in his films because I I'm, I'm pretty sure he's producing these movies right a story recently went out how like Salone's family or whatever is like suing him cuz he keeps like wasting all their money in like, garbage <laughs> projects like like Meriden. and uh, well
0: I think also other businesses like you know like real yeah. estate and stuff oh, like yeah. that
1: yeah <laughs> but but, uh, but
0: well we didn't but, we didn't know he was going to get divorced Yeah it's, he's going through but, a divorce right now yeah
1: But the, the the thing that disappoints me so much is like we we all know like especially like you two like we know that Sly Stallone is definitely capable of making a great movie. Yes. And we know that he he even at even at his old age he still can play a great superhero. I mean James Gunn cast him in Guardians of Galaxy Volume Two and I was ridiculously excited to see him in Part Three. Hopefully they actually bring him back for the third one. But um. It it just feels like he we know he's capable of it and he's not trying it he's not doing it mm-hmm. you know what I mean so it, it's frustrating it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. We know he's capable of, you know, First Blood. We know he's capable of the first Rocky, but he gives us Rocky Five. He gives us, you know, uh, the, the last Rambo movie that we got, which was just atrocious. Like, I don't know, man. Like, he's capable of doing greatness, but he just kind of doesn't try a lot of times. And I feel Samaritan has just got a very half-assed effort from Stallone. And I wish he would rather just like, not even make movies like this because it's just kind of tarnishing his legacy, I think. Mm. Hey, look, hey, what, hey what, really quick, to be positive, it's nowhere near as bad as like the movies that like um bruce willis is being forced to back oh, in or yes, like, you yes. know all of these other films so you know it's not like the steven Seagal movie so you know kudos to sly Stallone to at least you know keeping the um quality at a certain level but again we know he's capable of so much more i mean the, the, the rambo or another rambo the, the rocky movie that came out what 2005 or 2008 rocky balboa that movie was amazing it's like one of the best installments in the franchise. And I know that, you know, he didn't like write or direct the Creed movies, but I mean, he delivered some of his best acting like ever in his career. And again, we know he's capable of it. Why? Why is he half acting it?
0: Well, I mean, it really works for the character. I mean, <laughs> the character is supposed to be this over, you know, over the hill uh, superhero uh, vigilante who doesn't want to be yeah. a part of the world anymore. He, he's now a garbage man he's you know spending <laughs> most of his time fixing clocks and and watches you know like and so when he's like when, when i would go man he's he's not really putting any effort but i go i think it works for the character though <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, You're like not wrong I, yeah I, I i found myself really kind of found myself being entertained by this movie and yeah, oh, I was
1: going to say I found myself relating. <laughs> <laughs> that too, maybe that too. <laughs> but it's not,
0: you know, the whole thing's not trying to reinvent the wheel. The story is extremely, no, pr- extremely pr- pr- uh, predictable, and uh, I, I guess Richard, you got the the twist right away. I, I won't even yeah. say it's a twist.
1: Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say I, I, I didn't see it
0: coming, but I also didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't see it coming, but then something happens in the in the middle of the movie. I go, oh, is this what's what I think it's going to be? And then they find out it's uh exactly what it is. And uh, I go, oh, and then when that happens, I go, oh, that's great. That's actually pretty cool. And I had a fun I had a fun time with it. Now, I think I had a better time watching this movie because of the recent string of Marvel movies that haven't been great.
1: <laughs> you know
0: i think that, i think that actually works in this movie's favor because this is such a throwback to the to, to those movies those cheesy 90s movies action superhero yeah, it's movies yeah like morbius yeah yeah this is what morbius should have been <laughs> i uh, uh, you know like uh, when i finish watching very similar to me. <laughs> when i finish watching uh, uh um doctor strange in the multiverse um multi dimension what's it called multiverse
1: multiverse of magic <laughs>
0: multiverse of madness you know once you get to the whole kind of whole thing about the movie about how they saved the world again, and then you get that kind of cameo at the end that that the uh, end credit scene with Charlie Theron. and she goes to uh Doctor Strange and she says, you know there's uh, a variant universe in jeopardy, come with me, we got to save the universe again and I go. We're doing this shit over again. This is what's going to happen in the next movie. It's just like the same thing. And I go, I go. This is terrible. And I, I got really frustrated with superhero movies. And then Samaritan comes along <laughs> and goes, "Remember all that multiverse shit? Nah, man. We just want to save a dirty ass city from a from a creepy criminal from children. From children.
1: from children from
0: children. We want to beat up children, man. I you know how many times yeah, you know I know
1: what that reminded me of." <laughs> You know what it reminded me of the, the 1990s Ninja Turtles movie? You remember how the bad dad, like, <laughs> just a bunch of children stealing TV? <laughs> yeah. That's what Samaritan reminded me of. Like.
0: M- Moses Arias.
1: Oh, I, you know I, I would have loved Samaritan if I was, like, four years old. <laughs> well,
0: the, you mentioned Moses Arius in this movie. He gets, hilarious. he gets, he gets punched like five times in the movie. Like the whole. Point I, of and his I character.
1: laughed every time. I was and cracking I up. I was cracking up the whole
0: time. I had a good time watching this movie. I know it's a piece of shit. I know it's like, like it's not great a film, but I found myself really kind of being pleased by it because so much as uh, because it's so much of a throwback to that 90s stuff. And yeah, I, I think I think I think if, if you compare this to to modern day superhero movies, I think you, you th- that would be the wrong way to do it. You'd be just disappointed. But if you think if you kind of imagine yourself that you found this old VHS copy in a discount <laughs> video store and you you know you put it in, I think you would have a really fun time watching you put
1: it. Put it in, you're like, where, where, where's the VHS?
0: Place? <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, I, if you go like, man, I don't remember Sly Stallone doing this movie in the '90s. <laughs> you know, like no, if you really can kind of convince oh, yourself. They,
1: and we have that flashback scene where we seeing him as a young man on the age <laughs> yeah i know i
0: know i think he looks it can... like a video game character <laughs> during that sequence i even that even like the horrible cgi stuff and the, there's a fire i, I and, love
1: the horrible cgi <laughs> yeah
0: even the in, in the fire the whole horrible fire oh
1: yeah it oh just, yeah add, that fire cgi was so rough man it's like you see the flames like burning them but it's like not pushing <laughs> <burning them.
0: laughs> but i think it added to the, the to the, the the whole spirit of this kind of 90s film like yeah it, you know it looks fucking crappy i don't know i had had a really good time watching it. Is it going to be on my top ten list? Of course not. It's not. You know, it's a, you know, it's it's a like a an average movie. But I had a fun watching it. I, had, I probably had more fun watching this movie than the Doctor Strange film. You know,
1: um, I, I had more fun with Doctor Strange, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I think Doctor Strange is a lot better. Mm-hmm. But I would I would much rather watch Doctor Strange again, mostly because of Sam Raimi's direction. I thought the the visuals in that movie is kind of what saved it. Mm-hmm. Um Samaritan, I would watch again. If you, if you see Moses Arius get beat up by Cologne. <laughs> but
0: even the young kid, uh 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 he, he he punches him in the face too. I'm like, oh I feel sorry for Moses <laughs> his, uh Arius. Getting beat up by everyone, right? And that
1: was the role. That was why like he got cast. Yeah, yeah.
0: I uh, it was funny. I don't know. I had a good time watching it. It's that it's not for everyone. But if you grew up with 90s comic movies, I think you will enjoy it, it, it well, to, to it. a certain degree.
1: Well, I'll say this. If you enjoyed Morbius for what it is, I <laughs> think you'll enjoy this for what it is. And I'm not even trying to be, like, um, I'm not even, like, trying to, try you know, be uh, facetious or anything. Like, mm. I I didn't hate Mor- Morbius. Like, I, it's not a good movie at all. Yeah. But I was, like, it's, like, a C, C plus for me. I had fun with it, as, uh, like, in a bad movie way. Like, yeah. The best stuff in it is like Matt Smith dancing, <laughs> and I and I think and I think uh, Samaritan's very much in the same in the same ballpark. I give Samaritan kind of like a C plus, and the best stuff in it is seeing Stallone beat up children.
0: I think the difference between the two. I think you're right, but the difference between the two is that I think Julius Avery's the director was attempting to recreate some of that '90s stuff,
1: mm-hmm. where
0: I think the director of Morbius was really thinking They're unintentionally. Yeah, he did un- unintentionally. I think he really thought this was gonna be up there with all the Marvel stuff. And he really believed that that Martin Scorsese tweet, you know, like, You did it. This is the best movie uh, in recent years or something like that. You know, like no, no, no that I, was Tyrese. That was Tyrese. <laughs> that was Tyrese, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh yeah, that's why I think it was intentionally cheesy, and I think that's why I had a good time watching Samaritan. But
1: also, but also, man, that that opening scene in Samaritan is really rough. When we had the little <laughs> kids like narrating the superhero origins of Samaritan, and yeah. uh, and what was the other one? Uh, I don't know. Who cares? Oh, Namor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like Nemesis. The, Nemesis. I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, seeing the little kids like go through their origin stories and like give you the whole history of these characters—that was that was a rough opening.
0: It was a rough opening, but I, I, again, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it just it just took it was like kind of the perfect opening because it took me back to 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 some of the stuff that it it happened. You, it on.
1: took you to it took you back to watching Last Action Hero
0: when you <laughs> were a little kid. Yeah, I, I don't know, I, Rich. Didn't didn't it feel like like straight from the '90s? On. <laughs> well it did feel yeah of course but um it, it's not as good as most of the 90s films that's i can't agree with that oh okay uh, uh maybe spawn i mean i mean yeah, Spawn was a pretty bad movie yeah that's what i'm saying uh yeah uh, so it's, it's uh, Spawn more. I
1: like but spawn more. i'm not
0: gonna i'm definitely not gonna say it's it's just as good as the crow i'm just not i'm not gonna say oh, it's, no it's way as good yeah but i think it's as good as, as, as judge Dredd, right
1: well that's the lone one <laughs> yeah, yeah that's okay. what i mean that's what i mean okay. Yeah.
0: Maybe, maybe close to, uh, um, um, uh, you know, the Thomas Jane Punisher. You know, you know, so, uh, I mean, I think uh, it's better well, than Steel. It has to be better than Steel, right? Well, oh, it is don't
1: better than Steel, but
0: it, I don't even remember watching Steel.
1: It is better than Steel, but I wouldn't say it's a lot better. <laughs> than Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, Steel, uh, Steel no. Steel's unintentionally hilarious. You know, well, well, so is this in, in many ways. I mean, this is you definitely know, but still is even more <laughs> intentionally hilarious.
0: I would say but I just, I just wish I just wish that this one this one also had uh they they would have pushed the R rating too. Oh, I mean, yeah, uh, that's a great the, with point. The violence because That's a good point. Yeah. I, it could have been just as good as like some of the scenes in Kick-Ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, like, okay. Uh, well, I
1: don't like, know about
0: that. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's like Big Big Daddy in Kick-Ass. I mean, uh when when he went berserk i mean uh, it, that could have been like the, that kind of action well i would say this i think samaritan is definitely better than blank man it's definitely <laughs> oh. no i like i like i love blank man i yeah.
1: think Blank Man is better than a lot of the comic movies we just named off
0: um how about meteor man i think it's better than uh, oh hell well. no meteor man's a classic <laughs> how about okay okay it's i don't
1: still, think meteor man is a good movie but it's definitely
0: better than samaritan okay uh, Barb wire okay Barb wire I mean, it's worse Definitely worse. But
1: then, I never, I never it, saw barbed wire, but so I I can't put my opinion on that. But
0: it kind of belongs in this family of of crappy '90s comic movies. So because of well, that, I really enjoyed it. The <laughs> yeah,
1: but Samaritan. <laughs> <laughs> hanging out over there too. Uh,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. I think if this movie was made in 1990s, I think we all would be talking about it and how much we enjoyed that movie. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know. Did you guys talk about, like, how much you enjoyed Judge Dredge?
0: Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Really?
1: Oh, man. The 90s were a tough time. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could all agree, though, best comic movie from the 90s, besides The Crow, is uh, The Mask. The King Mask. Carrie.
0: Batman Returns. Um...
1: Oh, that was the 90s, huh? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, um... There was a couple big ones, good ones.
1: Oh, uh, Batman and Robin with Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: <laughs> yeah, these these are definitely. I mean, Samaritan is kind of in that league, right? So I, I don't know. That's why I'm
1: yeah, I. Yeah, I don't know if you want to be, but yeah, <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, let's 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 end this podcast with a really quick review of Funny pa- Pages because this is all, all kind of like in the same vein. We're talking about comic books. This is an mm. independent. I,
1: I didn't. I didn't watch it.
0: That's fine. That's fine because we're just going to quickly uh, talk about it and and end the. episode so funny pages is a kind of coming of age of indie film from um let me look it up um yeah uh, from uh writer director owen klein this is a feature film debut he's an actor and also the son of uh, phoebe cates and kevin klein and so and this is kind of just based on a uh, no, I guess this is the original story, and it's, it centers on a teenage cartoonist who wants to be a comic book artist, a professional comic co- comic book artist. And he gets to a point where he becomes very desperate. He kind of moves out of his parents' house, and then he becomes obsessed with trying to break into the comic book industry, and then he befriends a, a, a image colorist, image comics colorist. It is a strange film. Uh, me and Rich saw this. Mm-hmm. Let me th- let me throw it to you, Rich. I mean, uh, what was your initial reaction to the film? Um, right away, I kind of liked it, uh, but just like 15 minutes into it, I go, oh, man, they went to a totally different direction. I, it, it just fell apart to me mm-hmm. because um, uh, I, I, I kind of appreciated the beginning. It felt a lot like um, uh, art school confidential uh, type of ter- Terry Terry with uh, dir- uh, direction. And uh, um, ghost world, ghost world. Right. And, uh, um, but also, you know, the, me, of course the uh, crumb uh, directing too. Uh, yeah. Lot, like, yeah, Crumb is a very much part of this
1: too. Let me ask you really quick. Did you, uh, was there any, because I saw the trailer for this movie and I got a little bit of an American splendor vibe. Was, did you get any of that in the movie?
0: Yeah. No. I did I did but uh, that's what I was hoping for but just the cinematography and all that and stuff and that that's all it was I the mean, look uh, the 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 type of cartoons that he wants to he wants to break in he wants to yeah. make these kind of underground comics and so it's very odd that he finds himself befriending this guy from image comics which is more superhero genre and I guess maybe he, he fi- the reason he befriends this guy is cuz he's such in a desperate Part of his life where he's so desperate that he wants to become a professional cartoonist that he will even go so far as become a friend of this superhero guy. Yeah. But he didn't again, this guy is not necessarily an illustrator, he's just a colorist. So there's something like there's something like unevenness about the story itself. uh but I think I do like kind of some of the aesthetic. I mean, I really love the first. 10 to 20 minutes of the movie. I thought this yeah. is going to be one of my favorite movies of all of recent years. That's how good. I Fantastic the casting. Yeah. Of characters. I mean, yeah, but, but even the uh, kid, I I don't want to share who's, who's the main uh, kid uh, from Daniel Zog- Zog- Zogadri. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think he's from eighth grade. Oh, okay. Uh, and this is uh, his leading role. Uh, he's good in uh, the whole, I think the whole cast is really good, mm-hmm. but uh, I should also mention this is produced by the Zafty brothers. Uh, and it very, feel, it feels very much like a Zafty film, like, a, like one of their earlier films. Uh, uh, very underground, very new. This is a, a type of New York where it's, well, I guess it's more uh, new, new New Jersey, but it's very much kind of that that grungy kind of like uh, um, eccentric kind of uh, East Coast people. You know, yeah. this, this is not like the in the city where everyone's cosmopolitan. This is like suburbs. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And but very- the movie the movie
0: itself, unfunny. It's it's so bland. Um, but it's it's just I had maybe one laugh in the whole movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is
1: it trying to be funny though?
0: In a very Terry Zygoff way.
1: Those I like those movies, but they're not like the funniest movies in the world. They're more like uncomfortable and yeah, that's awkward. The-
0: yeah but it, it it's sort of like the uh, um you know is that what this is trying to do is that what
1: this is trying to do? yeah is it's trying it's to be like, like uncomfortable a, awkward like,
0: yes um um yeah like a sideways director what's his name uh alex Payne. alex Payne. yeah um so yeah it's trying to be in that kind of vein also and but i i think the problem i have with the movie is that it progressively progressively got meaner and nastier mm-hmm. uh, and at the end it got very unpleasant like like and dirty and the film kind of turns into these shouty matches between characters that yeah. then ultimately i just didn't really care about the characters at all i yeah. you, know, you want to i really want to feel for this kid but it really seems like he didn't grow as a character he he was right. just basically the same kid throughout the whole movie and I, but i do i think they do get like the 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 types of uh types of uh different groups in in comic books community you know you got these groups who are like the underground comic books and then you got these groups who like image and superhero movies and yet they're all kind of uh uh they're not sociable people they're not they're kind of cranky they're kind of uh just uncaring (laughs) these are these are kind of misanthropic type of people uh yeah i really wish that this could have been like the next generation's ghost world or american splendor but unfortunately it it doesn't maybe live up to it and it, it was a good attempt it was a kind of a kind of promising a a start for this this owen klein kid Mm -hmm. but i don't necessarily think he he, i don't know i don't know what they could have done to the movie i I mean i like i said i really love that opening scene in the movie i go fuck this is just so brilliant yeah and it just kind of kind of slowly declines into nothing really there's nothing really the filmmakers trying to say other than that but i do think people will like this movie i think it's a very divisive film i think there's going to be people who like really connect to the film but then i think there's going to be also people like me who kind of like was felt very unpleasant by from from the film too i mean i, I think it's a divisive film so i think because i heard I heard people loving the film and i heard people who didn't like the movie at all and uh, well, it, it is it fits, fits in that art um art uh, category whatever art, artsy fartsy category whatever <laughs> uh, um art house film mm-hmm. if it it's not uh category but it's not well I very mean, new it, york it, too right it's very kind of yeah. new york hipster but then this is like kind of a different take on the new york hipster i don't know i i think there's a, there's things that i really enjoyed about the movie but uh i just ultimately the, I, the characters didn't go anywhere because I, i'm uh, you know i used to buy comic books rich used to mm-hmm. buy comic books in the 90s you know image comic books you know yeah. the, you know it, yeah. it it didn't it didn't mix um uh, it, it should have been an artist and it should have been an artist from another uh well i understand why they used image because uh, the, the the name image because well, I think it's I, the most I, famous I, other than dc and uh, marvel well, Yeah, <laughs> that's true but i think i think it's 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 uh, it's it's definitely an odd lot type of uh well the the, the kid is very much a kind of a underground comic book fan he, he'll be yeah. someone who's into da- daniel klaus mm-hmm. or or i think peter Bag. but i think they mentioned peter Bag. I, I think they, they they do mention a couple of like underground comic book, uh, artists in the film so there is a sense of like the what the writer director knows what he's talking about and i think the reason why they made the the the, the character the, from the image comic books I guess that's that says something about the desperation of this kid has to is feeling at the time that he's willing to try to befriend this this guy who has really no connections to comic books at all, just other than he had like this brief history with Image comic books. That, but uh, 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 you know, I think it's you know, like I don't know, it's, it's a really uncomfortable coming of age film. <laughs> like, he should have just been a Doonesbury uh, fan or something. <laughs> I mean it's a, I would say this final words on this it's a it's a decent attempt to to highlight a certain community a certain vibe mm-hmm. but it didn't necessarily uh it, no it didn't hit the mark it didn't really hit the mark yeah yeah no yeah yeah it, it's just uh it had a lot of good elements but it just uh, the the overall wasn't there overall you know it wasn't a comedy that's for sure it's a feel bad comedy of the year yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah all right that was our take. Oh, um, oh, plus, if you saw the trailer, you've seen the whole movie. Yeah, basically. Uh, Raymond, did you see anything recently that you want to quickly talk about? Give us some like quick recommendations.
1: Um, I, I know I did. Um, oh, you know what? I saw Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul on Peacock. Yeah. And um, I had no idea what this movie was about. I never saw any trailers for it or anything. And I was actually like expecting the movie to be a, a drama. And I was completely surprised and shocked that it's actually a comedy, and it's like a found footage comedy, or not found footage, but it's a mockumentary. I yeah, guess. yeah. It's yeah. a mockumentary about this um, uh, how you say it? It's like a, a couple that uh, they, they have this uh, uh
0: ba- 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 baptist, their... baptist mega church uh, world. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, they have this like yeah, mega church is that what they're called? I think so. Yeah. And um and uh, yeah they're they're immensely popular and then i guess uh, we, we find out we don't find out exactly what the scandal is until like way later in the film mm. but we find out that uh kate brown had a uh, a scandal and like the whole movie is basically this like documentary that's being made about uh their comeback mm. and the movie for me was just garbage it was. Uh, I I love what the movie's trying to do, right? Because I think it it is kind of a unique um, hook or whatever for a, a um, not found for, it, for a mockumentary. I think it's an interesting premise for a mockumentary. Unfortunately, like I don't know who wrote directed this movie, but it, it felt like a Tyler Perry movie. It, okay. It's very. It's like it's like Tyler Perry comedy. It's painfully unfunny, and I would say the only redeeming thing about this movie is Regina Hall's performance. And uh, at this point in her career, you, you could watch her give great performances in much more interesting movies. Like, I don't know, like something like Support the Girls or something like, I, I think uh, Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul is, is a total skip. And um, I, I would see in you know, well, the movie bombed Box Office, but not just that, but it was getting these very, very, like incredibly low cinema scores. Like it was getting a C minus cinema score, which is like unheard of. And I think part of the reason why it was getting such low scores is I think he, I think the people that went out to go see this movie is like kind of like the Tyler Perry audience, but this is almost like a movie that like shits on churchgoers <laughs> and all that. So it's like it's like it's shitting on the people that went out to go see it. I, I, that's what I think happened. That's what I think the movie had such a low cinema score. Probably and yeah. yeah, equally unfunny. It's it's awful. And if you want to see this subject material done right, watch The Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max. Um, both seasons deal with similar scandals. Season two, like, opens up with this like scandal head-on, and they do a much better job. That show's funny, it's satirical, has a lot to say. This Honk for Jesus is a complete embarrassment, a garbage movie. I give it like a D <laughs> plus.
0: Did you you also saw um, Three Thousand Years of Longing, right?
1: Oh yeah, I did. I saw Three Thousand <laughs> Years of Longing. I just forgot. A uh, fascinating movie, honestly. Like, I it's it's. It's interesting because I thought Three uh, Thousand Years Along he had a really good story. I like the story in the center of the film, but I don't think the movie really worked. Mm. I think the movie um it, it almost has like uh, this like it's almost like kind of like two movies. so almost like this kind of giant clash in tones where it feels like part of the movie is kind of like a, a talented Mr. Ripley or a uh, English patient. What's the name of the guy who made that movie? Uh,
0: Anthony Mangella
1: right oh yeah it almost feels like one of those films at at, like half time and then the other half is like this like whatever it it felt like um like george miller was probably trying to go for a um uh roger corman vibe or maybe not uh you know those like uh arabian nights you know those movies i'm talking about like those like stop motion films you know what i'm talking
0: about (laughs) roger corman
1: is it roger corman and I think it's Oh, Ray,
0: maybe Ray. Uh,
1: um... Ray Harris, uh, Ray Harris, that's what I meant to say. Okay. You know, okay. Those, those Arabian Nights, those, uh, those, uh, those. Sinbad, Sinbad. Sin Sin yeah, I, I think he was trying to go for something like that. But it comes off like Disney's remake of Aladdin. But it's, <laughs> so so it, it, it feels like, you know, Disney's remake of Aladdin or like, you know, like the, the mummy, you know, with Brendan Fraser or something like that. And then it's jumping to the English patient. And it just keeps going back and forth between those two things. And it just never really worked for me. It just, it's like two completely different types of movies, just like being clashed into one another. And the other problem I had with the movie is I feel like the thing would have just probably worked a lot more better if it were a play Mm. because the movie, the movie feels like a book. It feels like you're reading the book. Like the whole movie is basically just two characters, you know, talking about their lives in the hotel room. And, um, that's like the whole movie and then while they're talking about their lives you see like a visual recreation of the stories they're telling and then those visual recreations those feel like you're like in a disney movie or in a, in, a, in a blockbuster you know mummy movie or something like that and again it's just like this this clash of tones that never really works but i kind of i kind of still really enjoyed the movie for what it is i appreciated it for what it for what it is because i enjoyed the story I like the two characters, by uh, the two lead characters by uh, Tilda Swinton and uh, Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird movie. It's kind of like a, you're, you're combining uh, uh, George Miller's babe and George Miller's like Lorenzo's oil. It's like two <laughs> movies that should not be combined, but they're being combined.
0: <laughs> so are you saying the fairy tale portion is very family friendly?
1: no it's not but, it, <laughs> but it, it's, it's being executed in a way where it feels like i'm watching a disney movie mm. but there's like stuff that's not disney friendly going on
0: mm-hmm.
1: i don't know man it just it, it felt like i was watching but the stuff that i'm watching is not stuff that happens in the children's movies <laughs> uh, it's it just it, it's a clash in tones
0: would so would you recommend us just watching it uh once it gets on streaming or, so it's
1: probably going to be streaming soon because the movie's a big bomb. Yeah, um, I do. I do recommend people watch this movie because I do think it's a good conversation movie. I think there's there's a lot to talk about in about this film. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, as soon as the movie ended, I I, I could have had a, a, an hours long conversation about it. Mm-hmm. But um, no one watched it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You'd be talking to a, into a mirror. For a yeah. Um, you also saw Jaws 3D. In, in theater. In yeah, IMAX, I, was the three D any good in, 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 in for Jaws?
1: It was really good actually. I was very surprised um by how effective the three D was in the film. Um I it would it would be nice if they released it on three D Blu-ray, but even if they were it probably wouldn't get released in the US. But yeah, it was a it was a very, very nice transfer. And while I had seen Jaws, you know, um, a bunch of times over the years. And it's funny because I, I think the first time I ever saw Jaws was a, a TV cut in Spanish,
0: uh-huh.
1: and then eventually, and then eventually, you know, I saw a, a TV cut in English, and then eventually, <laughs> I saw, you know, the actual movie, and uh, now seeing it in theaters. And this is, yeah, this is, this is the best I've ever seen the movie. It was the most effective the movie has ever felt. It was the most engaged. In, in, it was, it, it was better. It was better watching it on the big screen. Yeah, it, yeah. It was it was it was a great. I, I was surprised by what a great experience it was watching on the big screen. I was like, eh, I'm just gonna watch it to see how the 3D is, but I, I was I was happy. I went to go watch it, really happy.
0: And it was a packed house, right? Because it was the it was Saturday. Well, the, it was, it was the, $3. the theater
1: the the theater was packed. The theater was packed. The mm. jaws the jaws because jaws had the biggest screen. Um, it was maybe one fifth full. But but look, when I go see a lot of like Marvel movies um, on like opening night, a lot of times they're only like one-fifth or two-fifths full. So it, it, it was still um, comparable to that.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, I guess watch Jaws 3D if you can.
1: <laughs>
0: and hopefully hopefully release it in, in, well, in some kind of physical form. Um,
1: release it in the UK. <laughs>
0: for 3D and uh 3D is usually dead in the US but in UK it still thrives a lot more than US. Mm. All right, that's it for this episode. That was a long uh conversation about some of the movies we've been watching, uh some of the movies we've been we're looking ahead for, looking uh look looking looking forward to. Uh thank you for listening to Inside Flix. You can go to insightflix.com to uh, listen to our other past episodes. You can also go to YouTube if you want to get like some uh Box Office News. We do a YouTube channel there. Uh, All right. Thank you for listening to Inside Flicks. We'll be back hopefully sooner than later. All right. Bye.